You have pressed play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played here in the Great Lakes State. My name's Robert Kerr here with you as always. Very excited to bring you some uh, updates from around Michigan soccer as well as a feature interview with the president of the Midwest Premier League, Mr. John Hall. People, just a few weeks and spring will be here. Recording this the second week of March. Teams are planning. Rosters are being built. And uh, all that is getting me very excited for another season to arrive. Uh, We're just a few days away now from Detroit City FC's first ever USL Championship match. They start on the road versus San Antonio FC, a conference finalist last year in 2021, and one of the odds makers' favorites to uh, win it all this year in 2022. Kickoff for DCFC's inaugural USL Championship game is Saturday night, 8.30 p.m., and is going to be shown on ESPN+. Got to give a congratulations to Detroit native and Oakland University alum Dylan Borzak, who signed a pro contract last week with USL Championship side Rio Grande Valley FC. They also start their season Saturday night and they'll face the Oakland Roots. And I spoke with his former teammate at Oakland University last week on this very program, Noah Jensen, uh, also went pro from that very same Golden Grizzlies team. So if you want to listen back to that interview with the attacking midfielder who plies his trade up in uh, Ontario now for Forge FC, that was a very great interview. So doing good things, that uh, team being recognized, that Oakland University team that did so well, getting some recognition and turning some players pro. Well, This past weekend, I was uh, on the road. I was fortunate enough to hitch a ride with uh, Livonia City FC's Ben Rohde, and he took me along to sit in on the Midwest Premier League's uh, first ever in-person general meeting. So I got to sit through uh, sessions where they went through their books, they went through uh, their new procedures, And there was lots and lots of debate from the clubs or uh, input seeking and lots of open discussions. Um, Was a really great opportunity and got to uh, mix with a whole room full of soccer people, which was really great to do. And then a number of us met up and went down to uh, MLS opening weekend there at Soldier Field in Chicago. Really great weekend. And I was able to record an interview with the Midwest Premier League president, John Hall. So keep it tuned in for that. Uh, It's exciting how much has grown. Uh, It starts in 2019 with just four teams, and now there's an Eastern Conference of the Midwest Premier League, which boasts 11 Michigan-based clubs. So here is my interview with Midwest Premier League president, John Hall. 
on the heels of the Midwest Premier League's annual general meeting. I've got the co-founder and the president with me, Mr. John Hall. Welcome to the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Well, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to uh, be along for the ride down there in uh, Chicagoland. And uh, I'd, first off, how was it to be in front of the whole group? There was representatives from over 20 teams and the board was there and there was a new board elected. How was it to be in that room after so long? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty special. Really, I, I had to reflect on my, I was lucky enough to only have about a 45 minute drive home, but I had to reflect that uh, for some reason or some way or somehow we got about 60 people from across the Midwest in a room to talk about lower league soccer. And uh, that's pretty cool, you know, in and of itself. So I'm, uh, I thought it was great. I, I you know, I obviously already uh, looking for looking forward to next year and, and getting some feedback, but man, just getting people in a room and uh, we, I don't know what to tell you this. We started the league completely remotely. You know, I mean, we, we essentially started at the start of the pandemic and uh, to be able to finally meet people that we've only seen on a screen was pretty special. Yes, I, 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 there was palpable excitement in the room. And yeah, just a, it was a soccer super day, uh, spending the whole day talking about soccer. And there's a number of different aspects of that. But to put context to it, the Midwest Premier League had their first year on the field in uh, 2021. And I just, I guess, uh, to ask you what uh, sets Midwest Premier League apart from the other uh, summer club amateur leagues that are out there? Oh, what a loaded question. Um, well, I think, I guess, I guess, because I guess that was a leap from where we're at. I guess, um, you guys emphasize the, uh, the mission statement, the good faith I thought was great about Midwest Premier League. I didn't mean for it to be so loaded, but I mean, there was a lot of leagues in there and there was a a theme throughout, I guess, as tell the listeners that may not be, uh, known that in Michigan alone, there's a whole division with. 11 teams from Michigan and obviously there's a gravity to that. So what sets it apart? Yeah, I think I, and I wasn't, uh, I, I think a loaded questions is we might as well talk about it. I, you know, certainly every league has its niche, right? Um, some are uh, a little bit more maybe professionally run. Maybe some are a little bit more recreationally run. Uh, some cost a lot of money for teams to enter. Others don't. Uh, thresholds for who a, cl- a league would take. You know, some leagues won't take brand new clubs. Some will. Um, there's there's obviously city leagues, state leagues. Uh, at, at the root of it, and I'm glad to hear that the theme rang through. Uh, at the at the end of all the chaos, we want to do something that supports the clubs genuinely. Um, we want to do something that provides a platform for them. So, you know, if, if you're, we have a, a big, uh, diverse club group, right. And I use on my side here in the West, you know, we have clubs like the Bavarians who've been around 90 plus years, uh, RWB Adria's 60 plus years. I believe we have clubs like DeKalb County United where I'm at, we're, you know, coming into our fourth season, uh, we have clubs like Rockford FC that started brand new in 21. Um, and somehow, we, so we, we kind of have like, if you, clubs aren't necessarily the customers, but if you think of it that way, we have many different types of customers, right? We have some that care only about the product on the field. 
We have some that only care about the community. I mean, everybody wants to win. Don't get me wrong, but uh, some need fans to keep the club moving. Some don't care about that and don't need to care about that. So our, our task is how do we create a standard that we can both accept a brand new club that's trying to carve out their, their community identity and how can we still attract, you know, maybe the more established and, um, I don't know if we're doing a good job. I, I don't, I, I always know that there's better things we can do. Uh, we can always improve. Um, one thing that we have, have tried to be very clear about is not everybody's the right fit for us. Um, there's some very, very good people in the game across the country and across the Midwest, I guess, if we're focusing. There's also some people that may not have the best track record. Maybe they owe some le- old leagues money. There's things like that that exist. Um, and it's our job to try to figure out the in-between where we can, you know, provide a platform for clubs, um, but make sure it's like-minded people that understand that good faith clause that at the end of, of every match, at the end of every season, we've accomplished something very special because all these clubs came together and, um, growth from, you know, starting with an an initial four teams to 20 in our first season, uh, in four States and now 26 in five States. I'm not going to hide the fact that we lost a few clubs along the way, uh, for various reasons. Um, and we hate to see that, but, you know, I think we're trying to do the best we can to make sure clubs are sustainable so that we can continue to build rivalries and provide these platforms for players and communities and, and all that. You're going to get big answers from me, buddy. So I'm going to apologize in advance. <laughs> That's why I, I knew instantly that I had to get you. Of all the people in the room, there was, a, a like you said, a wide variety of people, but uh, to, to capture it all, and you, you were a major part of the uh, leading the uh, the sessions. So had to get you on and you're straight shooting with me here. And, uh, I'm actually looking at that picture. Uh, you, I was trying to catch your candid picture during the meeting and you, you mugged for me and give the big, uh, thumbs up for me instead regarding, uh, the gravity in Michigan. Like I said, there's 11 teams from, um, various, uh, histories and startups like, um, we from Grand Ra- BIH Grand Rapids to, to Cedars in Dearborn, Detroit Union based out in uh, Waterford, the Grand Haven Admirals, uh, Inter Detroit, uh, Lansing Common FC, uh, Livonia City FC, Michigan Jaguars, Michigan Stars U23s, Tulip City FC out in Holland, a brand new team, as well as the West Michigan Bearing. So that's scattered all the way across the state. Um, the Jaguars, a long time uh, and very large youth s- system or club rather that uh, is now um, fielding that uh, senior team in the Midwest Premier League. But we have, you know, absolutely brand new teams like uh, Tulip City and the tagline that also the good faith also for clubs by clubs. Um, so what was it that that spurred you? back at the formation times to, to, to start your, your league to um, obviously there was a need um, because people have come or clubs have come to the Midwest Premier League. Uh, what was the original ethos that made you uh, create this league? Well, you know, I've told this story um, on a various number of platforms, you know, our, uh, our involvement with one of the bigger national leagues, our first two seasons in existence, um, 
it was critical. I had truthfully no idea what to expect in joining a league, let alone a national league. Um, after a season, I, I and some others in the region were, I'll just say, less than impressed with sort of what we got for the expense and how much information and rules were dictated to us instead of uh, when we when we outright as an entire conference or region said this doesn't work here and then they made us do it anyway you know obviously that doesn't sit well so that was the end of 2018 the first season for our club and it didn't go great and there was starting to be a little bit of chatter like man this just isn't the right fit for a lot of us and kind of as a collective we decided well listen all we can do is give them our feedback and hope 2019 is better, right? So we did that. We were very, we were more deliberate with our feedback. And in 2019, actually, some of the, the structure and rule changes and things actually made it worse. And so very, I don't know, at some point during the 2019 season that many of us played in this other league, we just, you know, just kind of decided, like, this isn't a good fit. But there aren't a lot of options, you know. I I can't afford some of the other leagues and and whatever. Um, so by the end of 2019 calendar year, you know, we'd started to just all we're just all talking. We're just not happy with our with our league partner here. And so, you know, the ethos of what we are now in the Midwest Premier League is completely derived from our what we didn't have before, which was the ear of the people. Right? If the clubs you know, you, you were at the meeting and maybe we'll touch on it, but you know, we, we came out and said, Hey, this is the money we have left over. It's your money as clubs. How do you want us to spend it to help you? Um, I don't know that a league, I don't know that any other truthfully, maybe it's just, we're, we're crazy. I don't know another business that would, would basically say, Hey, we have extra money. What do you guys want to do with it? So um, really that's where it all came from. It was just, let's do what we wish somebody else would have done for us and it's working so far. Yeah, that was definitely something uh, that I took away from sitting in on the meetings was um, pretty much every topic and session was, you know, allowed plenty of opportunity for everyone that wanted to air their voice to do so. And then actually the, the session I enjoyed the most then was the, uh, the, like the club vibe check survey where you, you asked the, a pretty comprehensive series of questions and uh, you, you got the, some yays and nays on potential interest in the future. And definitely was uh, you, it was a lot of information and feedback seeking was, it was definitely, uh, definitely apparent. So, yeah. And I'll tell you the tone of the tone of the meeting, it's very hard to plan a meeting like that with, with our board again, fully remotely. Um, we get together, we, we were getting together every two weeks since August. And obviously, as it got to time, should we have an in-person AGM? Eight weeks ago, COVID was as bad as it's ever been. And now we were able to do it, and that's pretty incredible. But we didn't sit down and say, hey, do we have a central theme? Do we have, like, again, we are, each of us is one voice representing one club. So um, one thing that I didn't like at a previous league meeting that I had been to was we sat all day long. And sponsors of the league walked up front and they explained to us why their bottled water was better than Gatorade and every other bottled water 
for 45 minutes, we'd get a lecture about bottled water, or I can build you a website better than what you're doing, and here's how I'm going to do it. Well, okay, that's not helping me grow necessarily. I want to talk about what's important to us, schedules. Uh, I want to talk about format. I want to talk about number of teams. I want to talk about uh, start date, end date, playoffs. And we didn't want to be dictating or speaking as experts that just our clubs aren't any better than other clubs out there. So we're not going to sit up here and dictate to you how you should be doing things. We wanted it to be, again, this wasn't really pre-planned. I guess I wanted it to make sure that we were asking questions and getting feedback and not preaching because nobody knows their club like the people they're representing their clubs. And the fact that they would commit a whole Saturday or a Friday night and a Saturday and a Saturday night or whatever, or bring three people from their club, like they care and they're passionate. We've talked as a board enough. We need to hear from them. So that's, again, I'm glad the tone kind of, you know, kind of rang through for everybody. Hopefully it did. Yeah, like I said, that was definitely something I wanted to ask you about because uh, it was definitely evident. And I was going to, you've, you've pretty much answered that, like, w- was that available in uh, previous leagues? But the I definitely heard from different conversations myself and overheard about, like, having a voice and how that was very important. And it's exciting that, uh, to when I was saying how was it being all together, it was cool just to, to see all the different worlds uh intermingle because uh on uh the western conference uh um there's a lot of chicago based teams and uh you know further west and different areas and then and definitely is a a different environment than in uh michigan and it was great to like really intermingle and just be you know in amongst people that uh are sharing the same passion they they're coming from different angles and different subcultures within the same small american uh soccer sports bubble but it, it was really cool to uh to talk to so many different uh uh uh, members of the soccer community that uh, you don't interact with or if you do interact with it's digitally and you know what's so fun too is is we all try you know we try to share best practices right that's part of our sort of unofficial mantra right like what can we do to help each other yeah we can compete for players we can whatever like that's fine but ultimately we want our clubs to be around so I think we were able to see, you know, Lance and Common came with their whole uh, army and it was great to hear what was important to them. You know, they put a lot of thought into it and they're just a second year club and they're, they're doing things so well in so many ways. They were able to talk and share that where I, you know, I am lucky enough to kind of have a contact with each club a little bit and some I know really well, some I don't know well at all. Um, But instead of those one-on-one sharing you know, we wanted to ask those leading questions that somebody would go, this is what member, we talked about memberships, right? What, Hey, this is what we've done with memberships. It's been great. Okay. And people hopefully were writing down little notes and they take that back and they learn that doesn't necessarily come across in the one-off conversations. And some people are better at calling other clubs and asking for, Hey, how do you guys handle sponsors? How do you handle memberships? How do you handle, do you charge your players fees? Whatever it is like being able to be in a room and hear the answer from everybody is a very important part of it. And, you know, I, we're, you and I are probably just about goofy enough that we would do that every weekend if we could. Um, you know, at least <laughs> once a year get a chance to recalibrate as a group, I think is a great thing. Yeah, to be honest, that was actually like, what are they going to do with it next year already? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. You want, you want to talk about um, 
caring what the members think, um, before the end of the weekend, there was a survey put on our uh, our group, our uh, our league chat app, and we asked for their feedback about the meeting because I want to make sure it's a value of your time, of your money. You got something out of it. You got to provide enough information. Uh, what topics did we not talk about? Things like that. Because again, the AGM is intended to be to the benefit of the clubs and to direct the board in how to lead the league for the next 12 months. And I think, I think generally speaking, we accomplished that in our first meeting. And it was great too. You also see, saw a lot of people uh, step up to, to join the the new version, the, the, the new year's uh, uh, board too. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I just was telling somebody this, this weekend because it obviously uh, was applicable, but when we started the league, we had four teams. We we added two more. We added Rockford and Illinois Diablos and Bloomington came aboard. So we had six in the uh, in the like the very first you know rendition of what the league was going to be in 2020. So we 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 nominated a board based on club history. So it was Cliff at Dubuque, myself at DeKalb, and Ante from Adria, and we told the other three clubs, "You're newer clubs. You have smaller staffs." We don't want you to worry about league stuff. We want you to just worry about running your club. And so that was, you know, the way that the board started. It was three people out of six. And and then over time, things grew and grew and grew and grew. And it changed, but we did become very West heavy in representation. So uh, we were able to correct that a little bit with some people stepping away. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to a little bit more diversity of thought within the group of Hey, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. But also we need to do this and I'm going to take the lead on it. You know, this has to be, we have to have active partners, um, whether it's through the committees or or through the board itself. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to getting some new blood in and, uh, seeing how we can continue to build. If I would have told you at that time when you had a, your new league with six teams that you'd have a, a Michigan division with 11 teams, what would you have said there? Well, you know, the hard part for me being uh, uh, on the west side of things is uh, I I know a few of the people up there a little bit, but in truth, it's sort of self-policing, right? The, the teams recruit other teams they want to come in because they're a good fit. So, um, you know, a lot of those clubs are very foreign to me. Again, a great reason to be in person once in a while and, and get to see that these are real people and, and they have real challenges and real solutions and I think I think uh, in a weird way it doesn't necessarily surprise me that we've grown because I guess deep down you know that if you do the right things it it'll just whatever it's supposed to be will be what it works out like we'll stick to our values we don't want to I'm not we don't call chase poach teams I if you're happy playing somewhere else stay there if you're looking for an option let's have a conversation and in truth with with our expansion talks with clubs that reach out I think they like they like not being pressured. You know, everybody likes to say we're the best league, we're the top league. We're, we are where we are. We are very competitive. We didn't have a lot of blowouts. I don't know that we had really any blowouts on either division or conference last year. You know, the, the matches are competitive. Again, good like-minded people running these clubs. You know, I just I just think the growth is going to go where it's going to go if you do the right things. And I think so far we've done the right things, and uh, we're providing something that obviously the clubs either need or want in the quote unquote market for lower league soccer. So it is what it is. 
Exciting times in uh, lower league soccer and really exciting times for uh, lovers of soccer here in the Great Lakes State with, uh, you know, just a, a great place for so many teams and I think a great place for them uh, to to grow and thrive. Before I let you go, I want to maybe ask you more uh, a fun on the field type question. What has been your favorite um Midwest Premier League goal. I know, obviously, you have your own clubs. So you're you're really biased, but can you tell us about uh, your favorite Midwest Premier League goal? I'm going to tell you with 100 honesty. I paid so little attention to everybody else around me last year. We had a very challenging season on the field. Um, if I saw a goal of any kind scored for my club, I was ecstatic. So I was <laughs> very. I, I let Andy's a, a fantastic commissioner as an independent guy, not affiliated with one of our clubs, you know, this is when his season really rolls in, right? Scheduling, making sure stats are reported, all those kinds of things, all the, Hey, we got a problem with these two clubs disagreed about this thing that Andy solve it. That's, that's your thing, man. And that allows all of us that have active clubs within the league to focus on the task at hand, right? Is keeping our own clubs sustainable. I can't outkick the coverage here. I have to make sure I take care of local and then the league. And so, um, you know, I was so far down the table. I, I, I just tuned everybody out. And, and in truth, the little bit of overlap time that I did, the emphasis I did have wasn't on the, on the field stuff. It was making sure all the minimum standards were checked. People were doing what they were supposed to do, you know, helping Andy out in that role of, of just making sure, Things are flowing. I mean, we talked about it too. I'm not going to hide behind things that we missed. We didn't really have a good disciplinary program when we started the season. Very naive. We thought we were going to be good to go. Well, it turns out we had a few little conflicts and a little bumps in the road. And we, on the fly, uh, me and a couple others, put together a more formal disciplinary committee. Uh, We got a process in place. We wrote it up. And we said, this is how it's going to go the rest of the year. So in trying to help administratively problem solve. I don't know. You know, I just, the stuff that happens on the field is very secondary or even third to me. Um, I hope I'm enjoying this year so much more that I actually notice some of that other stuff, but we were very, I was very internally focused on DeKalb County and our challenges. And then in the bumps in the road within the league front office, so to speak. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a very, that's, that's not a good question for me. Cause I don't have a good answer for you. Well then to, to, to go outside, what, uh, um, what would be, uh, your ideal position to be once, uh, 22 is all said and done. We're in August. Uh, what, what would please you the most as uh, the, the league president? Oh, well, um, I would like to see, uh, league wide. I'd like to see us get through another season with no, uh, we didn't have major issues. We had we had bumps in the road, which I would expect. I'd expect to have a few more, but nothing more than a little bump. I think I think we're uh, aligned as clubs that again go back to the good faith, right? We know what our overall goal is. Um, I want to get through and get to the end of the season. I want to have all the reporting done. I want to have everybody fulfill their obligation to the league. You know, everybody shows up for all the games. Referees are all in place. Um, like I, you know, I just don't want those, I don't want to have any of those big moments where like, Hey, somebody didn't show up or whatever. Um, I think the challenge always is the balance for people like me and so many others that, 
run a club, help with the league, have real jobs, have families. Um, you know, I think just getting through another season would be great. Take another step, taking a look at what we, what we can take from our feedback from this year's AGM, put it into maybe it's extending some programming. Maybe it's extending some options. Maybe it's some continuing education for the clubs. Um, I think, I think we're in a great spot to continue to build. And, and I don't, I'm not worried about necessarily competing with other leagues in the area, whatever. Um, I want to be the best version of what we are. And as long as clubs believe in it and want to join and be part of it, um, you know, sky's the limit for us. Well, John Hall, president of the Midwest Premier League, whose East Division is uh, the home of 11 Michigan-based clubs. Thank you so much for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you very much for uh, having me, and thank you for making the trip over for the meeting as well. I think it's great to have awesome uh, marketing and media people helping us out, and you guys do a great job, so thank you. listener that almost does it for another episode of the michigan soccer central podcast my name is robert kerr here with you as always each and every week big thanks to this week's guest mr john hall the president of the midwest premier league and so much more in the soccer world thank you to all of my uh, guests in the past be sure to check out the spotify playlist uh, we're approaching like nine, ten months of programs now, so lots to dig in from players to club managers to members of the media and some of the creatives side of the game. So really try to get as many perspectives of the game of soccer here in Michigan out into your ears on this podcast as possible. Thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central core team for helping me uh, get this show out into the world. And as always, I'd like to, to thank editor Jenny Hajnaki for putting in the hours to clean up these episodes and get them out to uh, the listeners. So, yeah. And if I didn't say already, thank you, listener. You've made it all the way to the end of another episode of Michigan Soccer Central. So, big game this weekend. Everybody, really, uh, I couldn't mean this anymore. Until next time, enjoy your soccer. <laughs>